the spouse of Ms. Mr. Speaker, Alessandra Jonas, Chief Justice Gertrude Tokonu, and Justices of the Supreme Court, Representative of the Chairperson, and members of the Council of State, the new Chief of Defense Staff, Lieutenant General Thomas Opon Pepra, the Inspector General of Police, Dr. George Akufu Dampare, and service chiefs are all present, as are the Dean and members of the Diplomatic Corps. Mr. Speaker, the House is also duly honored by the welcome attendance of the former President of the Republic, His Excellency John Dramani Mahama. And former First Lady, Her Excellency Nana Konedu Ajiman Rawlings. The Speaker, I'm glad to be able to report that the entire territory that makes up our nation is safe, secure, and under the control of the government and people of Ghana. This might sound like a pedestrian statement with which to start a message on the state of the nation. Unfortunately, far from it being an everyday truism, this is no longer a statement or claim that can be easily made in these times in the neighborhood in which we are. West Africa is under threat of terrorism and violent extremism rapidly spreading southwards from the Sahel to coastal West Africa. We can no longer take the territorial integrity of our countries for granted. Indeed, many of our neighbors have already fallen victim and lost large portions of their territories to extremist groups. And Ghana, by the grace of the Almighty, is the only coastal state along the Gulf of Guinea that has so far not recorded a terrorist attack. The speaker, the peace and security we have in our country has not happened by chance. It has taken deliberate policy and planning on the part of government and a lot of hard work and dedication on the part of our security services to keep our country safe and secure. I might add that it has also meant that we've had to spend a lot of money that would have otherwise have been available to spend on many of our development needs. But I believe we're all agreed that the primary responsibility of the state towards its citizens is to provide and guarantee peace and security, and we're doing just that. Since we came into office, We've ensured a significant expansion of the armed forces and all the other security agencies. We're paying, we're paying diligent attention to their welfare as well. The accommodation and physical environment generally of the security agencies are being improved. We've quickened the pace of the retooling and equipping of the security agencies to ensure readiness towards the emerging security threats. For the majority of us, in our everyday activities, 
It is the security of our streets and homes and communities that concern us most. We want our children and grandchildren to grow up in a safe atmosphere. And the Ghana Police Service played the lead role in this. Again, government has performed most creditably. The police are much better equipped than they have ever been. And their increased visibility on the streets goes a long way to reassure the community. The changing image of the police is perhaps best exemplified by the dramatic facelift they have given to the frontage of the police headquarters on the ring road in Accra. It is beautiful, and I recommend it to all institutions and indeed households. Whilst we're spending time, money, and energy and lives, keeping the country safe from external dangers. I must add that it is a matter of great concern that we continue to have so many chieftaincy and land disputes around the country, which tend to be breeding grounds for internal tensions and destabilization. Mr. Speaker, I must make special mention of the troubles in Boko. The tragedy is not only that a thriving and dynamic town is being reduced to a wasteland, a, a wasteland of destruction and distrust. We're spending money and energy that would have been better spent on developing needs of Boko, providing security to keep brothers and sisters from killing each other. Mr. Speaker, what should concern all of us, and not just the people of Boko, is that in its current state, Boko is a luring magnet to mischief makers and extremists operating a few kilometers away from the border. In a bid to find a lasting solution to the conflict, government has in the past year undertaken a number of measures, including the establishment of a special Boko task force and the intensification of engagements with the factions for the resolution of the chieftaincy dispute. On the recommendation of the Upper East Regional and National Security Councils, four radio stations that have been broadcasting incendiary language and propagating hate speech have been shut down by the National Communications Authority. The Chief Justice, for her part, has also recently established specialized courts in Accra and in Kumasi to deal expeditiously with criminal matters emanating from the Boko conflict. Government is determined to do all it can to ensure that there is security in every inch of the territory of our country. But it is also very much up to the citizens to help create the needed atmosphere. And I'm thus appealing to all citizens, all Ghanaians, to take the See Something, Say Something campaign of the Ministry of National Security very seriously. There is indeed, Mr. Speaker, a state of palpable anxiety and tension in every corner of West Africa, raising the specter of regional instability which we thought had been banished. 
unconstitutional changes in government in parts of Africa, especially in West Africa, through a series of coup d'etats and military interventions in governments, testified to an unfortunate democratic, democratic regression in the region. It is in the interest of democratic growth that this development is reversed as soon as possible. And we in Ghana continue to give maximum support to ECOWAS, the regional body of West Africa, and the AU, Africa's continental organization, in their efforts to restore democratic institutions in the affected nations. We must help stem the tide of this unwelcome evolution and help entrench democracy in West Africa. We believe also that a reform of the global governance architecture, such as the Security Council of the United Nations, to make it more representative and accountable, will help strengthen global peace and stability, and thereby help consolidate democratic rule around the world. The speaker, we in Ghana have had our fair share of political instability and experimentation about how we should govern ourselves. There might be new names being ascribed to some of the supposed new ideas being canvassed by some today. But I dare say on close examination, we will discover that they are not new. We have tried them here, and they have failed. We know about all powerful, cannot be questioned messiahs. We know about liberators. And we know about redeemers and deities in military uniform. It might sound new to some, but those of us who have been around for a while have heard the argument made passionately that democracy was not a suitable form of government if we wanted rapid development. It is a tired argument that was regularly used by apologists for coup d'etats. It's also not new to have political parties and politics in general being denigrated. Indeed, there used to be national campaigns of fear ways against politics and political parties. It took time, and it took long battles, but in the end, the consensus did emerge, and we opted for a multi-party democratic form of government under the Constitution, which ushered in the Fourth Republic. Mr. Speaker, it is not a perfect document. Constitutions do not ever pretend to be. But it has served us well these past 32 years, considering where we have come from. It is a sacred document that should not be tampered with lightly. But I hasten to add, our Constitution did not descend from heaven. We can ask, drew it up to serve our needs, and we can amend it to suit our changing needs and circumstances. We should work towards finding a consensus on the changes that the majority of Ghanaians want made to the Constitution. The Speaker, democracies are founded on elections, and the holding of free and credible elections ensure that people have confidence in the government that emerges at the end of the process. The honorable members of this house, who are at the center of it all, know more than the rest of us that this 
is an election year. The increased decibel level in all communications would ensure that even the most politically uninterested person among us would know that on December 7th, we should be going to the polls to elect a new president and new members of parliament. A lot of the responsibility lies on the Electoral Commission to put the organization in place that will ensure that we have credible elections. Government is doing its part to make the work of the Electoral Commission go smoothly. A lot of responsibility lies on political parties as well. And I hope that the parties recognize that their credibility is also on the line, especially with some people wanting to undermine the multi-party democratic system of government. It is up to the parties to demonstrate that competitive elections are an honorable, character-enhancing experience. And that at the end of the process, the loser will congratulate the winner, and the world does not come to an end because an election has been lost. There is nothing inherently dirty or corrupt about politics and nothing about elections that should generate violence. We who are in politics, and we who are members of political parties, owe it to ourselves, the institutions we, came to be, we claim to belong to. And above all, we owe it to, to Ghana and the people of Ghana to make politics and elections the serious and joyful phenomenon they should be. In discharging their responsibility, I ask the Electoral Commission to work with the political parties to iron out whatever problems there might be. And I'm happy that the Electoral Commission, after engaging the parties, has shelved plans to, ch to change the 7th December date. Politics, after all, has been described as the art of the possible. And if that is what we are engaged in, it should not be beyond us to resolve the problems that come up and concentrate on working to build the happy and prosperous country we want. Government on its part will do what is expected of it to make sure that the reputation of Ghana is not damaged and the free will of the people is manifested at the end of the electoral process. And I want to reassure the people of Ghana that I'll do everything in my power to help ensure the conduct of transparent, free, and fair elections on 7th December. I have confidence. I have confidence in the security services to ensure that those who might want to cause havoc or any kind of mischief to disrupt the electoral process will have no room to operate. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, there are amongst us those who, for ideological or other unstated reasons, have never accepted multi-party democracy and therefore take every opportunity to portray the governance efforts in the most disparaging manner. There are also those amongst us who consider the rough and tumble of politics to be beneath them and will not want their sainted images to be solved by what they term the dirt of politics. Mr. Speaker, we can 
and we should continuously improve upon the performance of the institutions that hold the state together. But nobody should undermine the integrity of the arms of government for parochial reasons. There is definitely much room for improvement in the workings of the executive arm of government, the judiciary, and our parliament. Even those who have had parliaments as part of their governance systems for hundreds of years still make mistakes and sometimes get things alarmingly wrong. It would be surprising if our 31-year-old parliament did not get things wrong sometimes. This august house, which holds so many fond memories for me of my personal political journey, does not always measure up to the expectations of the people or even sometimes of its own members. There's a lot of anxiety currently about how our MPs get elected. There's anxiety about the rapid turnover of members in the House and the loss of institutional memory. There's a lot of anxiety about some of the procedures in the House. We will not agree, all agree with everything that the Parliament does. And I dare say, Mr. Speaker, that I do not agree with everything that goes on here. But that is the beauty of what we as a people are trying to do in our governance structure. Mr. Speaker, the president is an appointees are not universally loved. It would be strange and unproductive if they were. It is probably worthwhile making what I consider to be important observations at this stage on some of the issues in our public discourse in the lead up to the elections for a new president. Under the Constitution, the executive power of the state is vested in the president of the republic. He or she is the executive. There's no ambiguity about where the buck stops when it comes to responsibility for hap what happens in the government. It stops with the president. He or she has ultimate responsibility. It would be an unwise president that would present, pretend to have all the answers and refuse the advice of his officials. But the fact remains that the president holds the executive power. The cabinet, the ministers of state, all act ultimately in an advisory manner. Of course, the member of the government might take an idea, be it generated by the president or the official or a committee, and turn it into a huge success, and the honors will be claimed or shared where public perception falls. But ultimately, the president is responsible and therefore takes the credit or the blame for, for whatever happens in his or her government. Mr. Speaker, let me make a second point. The programs that come from the executive benefit from the rigorous public examination and debates to which they are subjected. We all now take for granted and sometimes even bemoan the vigorous media and civil society organization scrutiny that characterized public discourse. 
It gives me quite satisfaction and great pride to hear young Ghanaians today who believe that criticizing the President of the Republic and challenging government proposals are normal, regular activities. Some of the young people listen with incredulity when they hear about a Ghana that was once without private radio stations and people had to tune into foreign stations to hear critical and opposition voices. Today, there are some 550 radio stations in operation in this country. In spite of all its shortcomings and difficulties, the people of Ghana have shown admirable commitment to multi-party democracy and have not fallen for the instigations to resort to the violent overthrow of an elected government. The past 32 years of the Fourth Republic have witnessed the most sustained period of stability and economic growth in our country. And we should be proud of what we have achieved and seek to protect and build on it. And that is why the theme for the 67th Independence Anniversary Celebration on 6th March in Kuforidria is our democracy, our pride. Mr. Speaker, I'm pleased to report on the progress we're making in the administration of justice. This past year, a total of 76 judges and magistrates were appointed. They comprised the new Chief Justice, two new justices of the Supreme Court, 23 new High Court judges, 29 Circuit Court judges, and 21 new magistrates. 262 staff were recruited to address some of the human resource gaps created because of the newly established courts throughout the country. In January 2024, three additional justices have been appointed to the Supreme Court to replace three justices who have retired from the court. We've made unprecedented progress in the provision of court buildings and residences for judges around the country. In 2020, government set out to construct 120 courthouses with residential facilities nationwide. As of 31st January 2024, 67 courthouses have been successfully inaugurated and are in use at various sites around the country. 12 completed projects have been stated for inauguration by the end of this month of February 2024. The remaining 21 projects are at various stages of completion and are expected to be completed and inaugurated before May 2024. In addition, 121 residential units have been constructed for judges throughout the country. Further, 20 fully furnished four-bedroom units, together with social amenities, have been constructed for justices of the Court of Appeal in Kumasi. The project is not yet complete, but we have done enough to be able to say that we have resolved the problem of the disgraceful state of court building. The attention now is to the digitalization process of the courts to modernize the entire system. The judicial service is undertaking a digitalization initiative 
to modernize legal operations and foster greater access to justice. A virtual call system was introduced during the COVID-19 pandemic to ensure the continuity of business. The virtual call system was also rolled out to 17 courts and subsequently to 19 high courts for the smooth hearing of court cases. By the end of December 2023, 160 courts had been equipped with devices for the real-time transcription of cases, in addition to 51 courts piloting the paperless court system in Accra. The integration of real-time transcription devices in 160 courts has revolutionized the way in court proceedings are recorded and documented. The service is rolling out a comprehensive digitalization of the court system. The Attorney General has continued in a very effective manner the tradition under this administration of contesting every single litigation against the state and has avoided the numerous judgment debts that used to be given against the state. The Office of the Attorney General, as a result, has saved the country over 10 trillion Ghana cities. All the evidence is there. I shall be performing a pleasant duty in a few weeks' time when I commission the law house the 12-story office building, which will house the offices of the Attorney General and the Ministry, and finally bring to an end the age-old office accommodation problem. I must declare a personal interest in it, as the building was started when I was Attorney General in the government of President John Ajikun Kufour back in 2001. Mr. Speaker, I acknowledge and share the frustration and deep disappointment we all have with the conversion of events and fate have conspired to place impediments on the path of the rapid development trajectory we were on. I'm proud that in spite of the dramatic financial crisis that we encountered in 2021, whose worst effects became manifest in 2022, the transformative measures we introduce in the first four years of office make it possible to showcase an impressive array of developmental projects across the length and breadth of the country. I do not intend to go through the long, even enough interesting process of enumerating the projects the Kufuado government has undertaken since coming into office, their location, and what state of completion they are in. Mr. Speaker, with the best will in the world, there simply will not be the time to do that, even if we spend all day here. It, it will be recalled that last year, during a message on the state of the nation, faced with a similar problem about road projects, I came to the House armed with a fat book 
that have the details of the road projects around the country. And all honorable members were given copies to go through at their own leisure. I haven't had anybody point out one. This year, we're taking things to a higher level. This government, after all, is the digitalization government. And the man who has led the entire digitalization process these past seven years. My indefatigable vice president. <laughs> Dr. Mohamedou Baounia. Doctor Digitalization, the MPP's excellent presidential candidate for the 2024 election. is coming up with what will allow everyone and everybody and anyone to check on every project being undertaken by the government without having to listen to the president's message on the state of the nation. We are calling it the performance tracker. You can check and satisfy yourself about the status of the projects and their location. And you can stop by and make a physical inspection if you were so minded. Mr. Speaker, if you want to check on roads, classroom blocks or skip compounds or Agenda 111 hospital, or bridges, or science laboratories, or water projects, or sanitation projects.